Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group, which is the San Jose Mercury and the East Bay Times in Walnut Creek, California. I also publish and edit the website, theweeklydriver.com. Been online since 2004. My co-host across today, we're doing it from my kitchen table, is Bruce Aldrich. And Bruce, is uh, we've been doing this for now four and a half years, I believe. And our guest today uh, is Gunther Berman, and we're calling Gunther uh, in Rhode Island, I believe. And we love the Newport uh, Museum. And Gunther, welcome to our podcast. We look forward to talking about your car collection and the background of starting this museum and, and um, your passion for cars. So thanks for being available today. Well, thanks, thanks so much for having me. I look forward to speaking with you about it. Thank you. I've been reading this morning about the, your introduction uh, to automobiles. You were very much involved in sailing. Uh, people who know Newport uh, obviously know it's a, the hub of sailing in the, in the United States, if not the world. But I believe, if I read it correctly, you inherited a car, and that kind of began your passion. Is, is that correct? And could you kind of give us some more detail about that? Well, yeah, my uh, my uncle um, willed me a car in in, uh, in his will when he died, and it was a uh, a '66 Mustang convertible, uh, a 289 with stick. It was a a wonderful, wonderful car that I admired for a long time. I think it was probably mid '80s when when that happened. But uh, my love of cars started before that. I I remember as a a young a young person. Um, pro- I I don't want to date myself, but probably pre television in our home. Yes. Um, sitting, lying down next next to the uh, the console radio, listening to a Yankee game and. Um, we subscribed to National Geographic's and going through there looking at the, well, first looking at the African topless women, but after that, <laughs> looking at the car You're looking too at honest. The car <laughs> yes. Looking at the car ads and grabbing a piece of wax paper from our kitchen and uh, drawing over the, the, the cars. I especially remember, I think it was Studebaker Packard dealerships at that time that imported Mercedes, and I remember being so enamored with uh, the Mercedes Gullwing that was pictured in the middle of National Geographic's and doing my own rendition of it on wax paper. And um, so, uh, you know, I, I uh, you know, and in fourth grade, when they had um, vocation day, what what do you want to be when you grow up? My everybody wanted to be doctors, lawyers, and Indian chiefs, and I wanted to be president of General Motors. So my love of cars is gone. On way way back, um, even though I couldn't afford anything until my uncle left me his Mustang. That's great, <laughs> great. Well, I remember that I hadn't thought about wax paper stuff for a long time, but I'm I'm assuming I'm a little bit younger than you are. But I did some of that too with uh, I don't know what mine was uh, houses or uh, I forgot what I did did etching over houses or something like that. But um, I hadn't thought about that for years. So thanks for that the good memory. Um, do you still have the Mustang? And, and if you do, do you drive it? Uh, no, I actually, I traded it for a, uh, a, a Porsche convertible D. Um, and I traded the Porsche convertible D for a boss nine 
and then the Boss 9 for an E-Type uh, Jaguar and a, um, a GT500KR. Uh, so I have very eclectic taste in cars, as you can tell by uh, how we started. Uh, I, I fixed up the, the Mustang, and it, it uh, got me into uh, expanding my car collection, so to speak. Gotcha. I saw from your uh, website, Gunther, that you had uh, various, you set your museum up in kind of like you'd call galleries. You'd have a Ford Shelby gallery, Corvettes, Mopars, Finn cars. Is that kind of how you have it set up? Yes. we, we I think we may have seven galleries at this point, Ford, um, uh, Shelby, Corvette, uh, World Cars, uh, the Finn car, you're in you know, the 50s and, and 60s, uh, Mopar, um, uh, a muscle car gallery. And then because COVID closed down this big event space that we have in, in our in our museum, we have a pop-up uh, Porsche gallery right now that has um, eight or nine Porsches. Do you That's like great. the vintage Porsches or all on up to modern well, ones? <laughs> They they uh, they start with a with a uh, a fifty six speedster and then we have all every speedster except the the ninety four and then we have a bunch of uh, of GT cars at, at a Porsche at GT three RS four zero a regular a two thousand sixteen uh, GT three uh, RS um, and uh, the craziest of all these days, in terms of 911s, we have a, a, a GT2 RS, which is um, I drive a b- bunch of these cars, and uh, obviously there's more, but uh, I drive a bunch of these cars. But I, I have I have another uh, GT2 RS that I drive um, around Newport, and coming into the, um, the gallery. There's about an eighth of a mile straight away, and as you probably know, uh, GT2 RSs have this G meter that measures the G force. So I I go by a little guard station and make a a left to um, get on this probably eighth of a mile strip and put it in launch control and uh, you know floor it, pop the brake, and I, I I have yet to see what geez i'm pulling because i'm i'm it, it, it's too scary to look down <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty fun i've uh over, is, over go ahead great you know I, I i drive a couple of the 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 speedster that we, I, I, we, I have a new speedster and i i drive that that stick that's so much fun and i have a uh a uh, boxer spider that I drive sometimes. That's a that stick shift. That's that, that's lots of fun. This is uh, fun and scary. <laughs> that's that's interesting. The uh, I wondered if I've I've asked other athletes through the years who maybe have transitioned from from one sport to the other if they can compare you know golf to baseball or or football to something else. I'm I'm wondering from your sailboat. Uh, interests through the years to automobiles are there things that are similar or is it just completely different in terms of you know dr- driving if you will or negotiating or maneuvering yeah, or any anything well, 
killing obviously is a lot slower. Yes. Um, so it gives you a little, a little more time, but, um, the, um, cause I drive the 12 meter that we, that we have, it, um, it's as precise in terms of steering and things, things just happen a, a bit slower. Um, but it's, it's just as precise as, as driving cars because you're, you have lots of instruments these days and, and, uh, there's obviously, um, a lot of variables, uh, whether it's, you know, turning the car or, or going around marks or seeing the changes in the wind and trying to stay on the same course that you're on. So there's, there's, um, uh, there's a, a, a lot of the same kind of, uh, of, um, t- talents that you need to, to do both. <laughs> Your cars that you you feature in your museum, as I understand it, they're all owned by you, I, I believe. And if so, do you rebuild cars like an old uh, 356 or something in your Porsche lineup, or do you buy them quite, you know, museum quality? Absolutely not. I, <laughs> I, I, um, uh, I used to do that, and and uh, as all as everyone knows, that does that. That that it, even if you pay yourself a dollar an hour for the work that you put in the on the cars, they're worth half the money that you sure. have in them. So, so I buy them from other fools like me who used to do <laughs> do that. All, okay, all all, all done, and um, uh, sometimes I. Uh, I, I I had an, a, a, a car that I was really looking at, and I was going to rebuild it. I, I had a Carrera, a Porsche Carrera Speedster that was in restoration for 20 years, so I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, I, 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 it, it, is, it is just too hard. And the people that do those restorations are artists, and um, so time is not important to them. Uh, nor is sometimes finishing, nor is sometimes um, being totally straight about what's going on and things like that. So, no, I, I buy them when I know that I can put them on a truck and bring them to the museum. Fair enough. That's I get good. it. Gunther, uh, these are cars, but I'm assuming you use the word art, and I, th- I think that probably be fair to say that you consider these that's artwork too because – from what I understand, your museum is sort of an, uh, or not sort of, it is an interactive uh, museum. With it. It's set up in a different way than um, other museums. I know you've been compared to the Peterson Museum, for example, in Los Angeles. If someone's driving and they're in Rhode Island and they are a car enthusiast, what are they going to see um, that makes the Newport Car Museum stand out uh, as, a, as a museum? Well, uh, yeah, I, in many respects, it's as much a car, uh, an art museum as a, as a car museum. Um, I was almost a fine arts major as an undergraduate. I, I, I appreciate uh, visual arts, and I think some of these cars are just an extension of that. They're kinetical, kinetic visual arts. Um, in fact, we have a Corvette that was painted by um, Romero Brito that uh, is a is a Miami artist that used to be a street artist, but his work is all over the place. He's really commercialized, but uh, the museum is set up with, without um, um, velvet ropes and without um, iPads or, 
or things that you have to look at your your uh, phone on because I want people to look up and enjoy the the visual experience. We have plenty of artworks work. Um, there's a Los Angeles artist uh, David Lloyd Glover who's done some commissions for us for the walls of of Carol Shelby and uh, some racing scenes and and. Uh, so, so there's that artwork. We have a lot of photographs of parts of the cars. Um, we have a lot of mid-century uh, modern furniture. I'm a bit of a mid-century modern furniture buff with the Wagner and Jakobsen chairs and, and things around so people can appreciate the cars without ropes. And they're all up on platforms with um, uh, lights underneath and um, in addition to that, almost every gallery has a, um, uh, a screen that um, has short vignettes um, uh, uh, of videos of, of the cars and some of the history that's involved in the cars. So I'm trying to get everyone to uh, come and put a smile on their face and look up um, at, um, at, at what we have and, as I say, walk out, with walk in wondering what they're going to see and uh, walk out with a smile. When we first did the museum, my wife said, you know, when we designed this, we had some help with the design, actually the Peterson and, and Brev's museum and, and uh, uh, Naples helped us a lot with the lighting and some of the, uh, the how the displays work and things, but she wanted everyone to uh, walk past the, we have a, a Lamborghini Countach as you walk in going around on a turntable, but then you walk into the main main uh, part of the museum to go, wow, and I think we've accomplished that. We have, <laughs> I stand there sometimes and watch people come in and go, oh my God, I thought this was, you know, the usual car museum with a line of cars with ropes in front and dust. It's not that. It sure sounds like it's uh, maybe tomorrow we'll take a trip to, uh, to Newport and come yeah. to your museum. Yeah. Guther, it, 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 it sounds like, uh, or you tell me, um, you didn't get into the car museum for to make money. You, what is it? Smiles. No, I think so, what you described, right? It's a it's a labor of love, and and um, um, I mean one of the one of the things that um, I've always appreciated is um, just the design and how these things go together and obviously our work, mid-century furniture stuff. And, and, um, that, um, I, I, you know, sharing it with, with people was a, my, one of the main things is, as you, you probably heard what we, we had a bunch of cars that I drove and we had in a commercial warehouse and we were sailing a lot. We had a, a TP 52 as well as a 12 meter. And so we, a lot of time was, Get going, my wife's and mine going into that, and and uh, I woke up one morning. I said, "Maggie, we're not driving the cars as much as we should. We're boating all the time, we're racing actually. Um, let's uh, sell the cars, or what do you think about a museum?" She goes, "Yeah, let's do a museum." So um, it's her fault that this happened, but uh, we're so pleased that we were able to do this and find the right venue. I mean, it was a the building is 114,000 square feet. We have about 70 of it is, is um, floor space for the for the museum, and um, 
you know, uh, it's in the Raytheon complex, just a little north of Newport, and it's a perfect site for the building. We painted it red, and we have the the uh, 65 uh, Shelby SC, SC Cobra on the side of the building, and um, it's it's you know it, it was a perfect venue, and you know as a lawyer, I was always a deal guy, and um, I think we did pretty well in, in <laughs> buying the building right when things were were a little different for for what the market was like and raising that money to get out of the building. It's been it's been a a real pleasure. It was originally had um, it was a pretty um, uh, uh, high tech building for Raytheon. They built the I think components of the Patriot missile there, and uh, there's some really high security areas when we demoed the building there was like a hundred offices or so and some of them went to the roof deck because they had such high security they were afraid i guess russians were in the ceiling or chinese were in the ceiling i'm oh my not gosh. sure but but it was um it was really interesting demoing the building and we now have um some uh, um, uh, storage facility for high-end and classic cars and in the build, in a portion of the building, and um, my son runs a, uh, a an indoor golf facility with uh, TrackMan Golf in, in, a, in a portion of the building. But so we utilize the whole 114,000 square feet between the museum and and other things that we have going. That's great. Uh, the other thing I was uh, it comes to mind. I forgot what the transition was, but. Uh, we have some smaller museums in our area here in Northern California, and one of them is a museum for for military vehicles and military history. It's not too far down the road, and the curator of that museum, when, when Bruce and I visited oh, six months ago, maybe a year ago now, he said one of the things that gives him satisfaction is um, young people who may have never seen a tank or have any familiarity with the military, and also veterans who've come in. Uh, they could have been on different sides during the war, and uh, they embrace, or there's, some people see a, uh, a tank and they get tears in their eyes. Uh, with your museum, uh, that's not the case. It's not a military museum, but people must come in and see a car, and it must take them back, or a parent or a grandparent explains to a child, you know, this is an iconic uh Corvette, or this is the first Mustang, or something else. What kind of reactions have you experienced, and, and do any come to mind that stand out? And, and when people see the vehicles, well, it, it is a walk down memory lane for a lot of people. Um, you know, especially the the thin car era, and I've seen um, sort of three generations come through the museum: a grandfather, a father, and a son, a grandson, and um, kind of stop in the fin car area and start to talk about how um, they or their uncle or whatever had a car like that. And um, also kind of talk about that era in history because that, that particular gallery has the fins uh, that, you know, kind of represented the, the jet, the start of the jet age and the start of Sputnik and rockets and, things which are coming out of hoods and tail, uh, but off the tail fins and things like that. There's, there's a, a, a video that they all, all three of them laugh at of a, 
a father and a mother and a daughter standing at the door. It, it's a Chevy Chevy commercial standing at their door as their son is about to jump in his jalopy and go to the prom in his white sport coat and pink carnation. And he gets ready to jump in his car and he looks over and there's a a uh, 58 Impala convertible that uh, is sitting in also in the driveway and he looks at his mother and he looks at his father who has a stern look and his sister and they both look up at the dad and dad throws him the keys and he's off off to the prom. I love it. And, and it, I love that, that thing. And so does everyone else who comes, especially when there's, like I say, the three generation of people coming through the museum. And we have, uh, you know, I pipe in, um, sort of vintage rock and roll music in, in the museum, uh, especially in that area. And, um, uh, so it, 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 uh, it, it does work to, to, I think, bring back some, some fond memories of that era with, the, with those cars. So some 50s and 60s rock and roll always make people happy. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a, a video, just as a quick addition to that, there's a video that's uh, now back in vogue for some reason, and it shows Dustin Hoffman um, promoting uh, Volkswagen Squareback. And um, even before he got quite famous, maybe um, he looked like he was ten in the commercial. Uh, it's a video, but he he kind of darts in and out of the of the car and and boasting about the fact that the car has eighty horsepower or it's spacious and all these different things. And he's funny without even being funny. But that that your your thought about the your thought about the reliving the fifties and sixties. It reminds me of that that fun black and white. Volkswagen Squareback commercial with Dustin Hoffman. It's it's a it make you chuckle. Didn't he drive a um, an Alfa Romeo in the in the Graduate or something like what? Diotto, Diotto. Yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. very good. Yeah. Thank, very good knowledge, Bruce. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask you, uh, Gunther. Before you even mentioned the Finn cars, I was going to ask you about the Finn cars and and couple three that maybe you uh, like the best. Well, the um, our most I, iconic, I, or or what have you? Oh, I I've never been. I was I'd never been to a car auction until probably the two years before we started, or a year two years before we started the museum. And um, actually, my first car wasn't my the one I inherited, but I I had a summer job and I I needed a car to get back and forth. I worked on a on a line crew to put up. Um, power, um, uh, 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 p- uh, power transmitting lines across the state of New York, and so I had to drive to the work site every day. And I, I bought a, a '57 DeSoto um, for two hundred ninety-five dollars. Wow! Uh, the, quarter, the quarter panels had all been rotted out and stuff like this. It was in the early '60s, and um, but it was a reliable car, and I. Just uh, uh, drove it all summer. I uh, uh, slept in it a, full, a few times, which um, took my took my mother to call the police and things because that was before cell phones. You know, stopped in some bars and decided not to go home. Took my girlfriend to drive in. I won't go into the details of that. Um, and and uh, sold it at the end of the summer for two hundred ninety five dollars. So when I went to this auction and a 
57 DeSoto um, Adventure came up. It, it's, they only built 300 of those, and I, I didn't have one of those. I had a, uh, a coupe, obviously, but um, it was the same color as my car, convertible, and a very special car, etc. So I was really happy to, to um, find a way to acquire that, and um, I was so glad that uh, um, Barrett-Jackson had uh, no reserve because it, no one seemed interested in that car other than me that day. So I think... We got it at, at somewhat of a bargain. <laughs> back, to, back to the good deal again, huh? Yeah. Is there yeah. something else out there? I mean, we we had an author on, oh, probably a year or so ago who got permission in Southern California basically to go to a graveyard for cars where this man had passed away and his sons gave permission to, for this author and photographer to go in and, you know, the man had a Ferrari stacked on a Lamborghini, st- you know, stacked on something else. And I'm wondering if you uh, have the mind to go around the country, whether it's a museum or a barn find or, you know, bring a trailer type car. Are you still uh, interested in inquiring uh, other cars? Oh, my my wife gives me all kinds of gas about acquiring. I I, I bought two cars in the last two weeks. <laughs> I'm um, glad I asked. Thank you. Please uh, tell us. They're very... I thought they were very special. There, I, I, I look at the auctions all the time, and there's um, a um, there was an auction in Tulsa, Oklahoma, about a month ago, and um, I couldn't get there, so I had some friends go. But um, someone took a um, a '65 Lusso, um, sh- shortened the chassis a, a bit, and found this guy up in Michigan who was a a metal worker who had repaired one of the first GTOs and he had all the bucks from, from um, Ferrari to repair it, et cetera, and built a a GTO chassis on this Lusso. They sent the engine apparently over to, to uh, Italy to have a GTO eyes. And I think, you know, that, a GTO is probably one of the most beautiful automobiles ever built, designed, and, and um, you know, obviously had such a fabulous career as both a driver and a, and, and, a, and a race car. And anyway, the car is spectacular. I saw it when I was up in, in, in Newport last week. Um, and it is, <laughs> to, obviously, uh, the one David McNeil bought is more, valuable than all my cars mm. com- combined with three times over or something. Um, but this is just a spectacular car. I couldn't pass it up. I, I usually buy only original cars, uh, but, and, and I guess you'd say this is a, a, a rebuilt car, etc. but, um, I thought it would be a spectacular one just because it's such a beautiful car. And then about two weeks ago, um, I came across in Belgium a um, a 300 SLR um, that um, a Formula One driver in um, Argentina built um, with the um, permission of Mercedes um, that um, you know Sterling Moss drove and uh, actually that car became the end of Mercedes racing. Uh, for a number of years, etc. But it again is a 
is a work of art, and even though it's a recreation of what that car, it's all aluminum, and it's, it's got the same seats and all the dials and everything like that. So, um, you know, I have a, a TV here that, that uh, is a, um, they call it a frame now, uh, and uh, so I can have uh, Starry, Van Gogh's Starry, Starry Night in my, in my living room to, to look at it. It's not the original, but it, 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 the, the image is the same. So the image on these cars is the same as the originals, and I'd like to share the beauty of, of those designs with the people that come to the Newport Car Museum. That's those are good two good purchases. That's great. Um, it's curious to know in 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 brief time that we have um, when you get a car from Belgium or some other part of the world. Do you have? Is it a pretty easy uh, to just take a bunch of phone calls and emails and texts to, to get a car here, or is it in the, the modern a, world that's pretty easy <clears throat> or no? No, it's a tremendous pain in the ass. But thank we, you. We sort of <laughs> <laughs> I get through it. I have a guy that helps me a little bit, and and um, you know, I keep your fingers crossed that you're re- dealing with the real people, and you know, that when you wire money all over the place, you know, it's going to come and things like that. I, I know with COVID, I, I bought a a seventy five nine eleven S Porsche Targa in England, maybe four or five months ago, and just getting the paperwork to know that I was buying something, you know, they don't have titles over there. They have this other paperwork stuff. Just learning about that stuff is, is, is interesting. Sure. Bruce. I saw on your uh, website for the museum, uh, there's a lot of videos on there and I just happened to see one on uh, muscle cars from 1970. Three cars yeah. were featured and those are the, that was the most clever video I've ever seen. Funny, uh, are all of them like that? Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's music that goes with them, and well, I try to pick out um, commercials. You know, the Dodge Brothers commercial that sure, was yeah. on, where they're all passing each other and stuff like that, that are of interest to people. But th- th- those in the muscle car are all the great songs of the of the fifties and sixties that that um, um, were the background of. of um, of, of commercials of that era, you know, 409 and GTO and Mustang and, and uh, uh, Camaro. Great. Well, Gunther, I fun doing- yeah, fun it doing. looks like fun. That's a, that's a probably a good place to, uh, to end our half hour conversation. Like a lot of guests, you, we could just talk all day and I know that you have a, a busy schedule, but, it's been great to get to know you a little bit and to hear about the museum and want to encourage people, not that they need to be encouraged, but if you're in that part of the world, I'm sure it's a it's a very good time at the, the Newport Car Museum and your interest in cars, your passion for cars obviously comes through and want to thank you for, for being our guest and taking the time today to, to talk to us on the Weekly Driver Podcast. So thank you, Gunther, very much. Appreciate the time and uh, we hope to visit Rhode Island one day. Thanks so much for having me. Please, please do come. I'd, I'd love to kind of escort you through and, and uh, see if I can put a smile on your face and whoever else is with you. Okay, great. You good. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Thanks again. Thanks. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.